1 Corinthians chapter 13 as we continue our study here in 1 Corinthians. And I have been chomping at the bits to get to this chapter. I'll, I'll just be honest with you, past several chapters, and uh, even chapter 14 and chapter 15 and 16, it, they're all good stuff. But uh, each one is unique. As Paul in chapter 12 really began uh, diving into these spiritual gifts and we spent a couple weeks there discussing these spiritual gifts. Before we start chapter 13, just look back one verse. The last verse in chapter number 12. As Paul discussed these spiritual gifts, he said in the last verse of chapter 12, may I remind you, as he was writing this, he did not put any chapter or verse divisions throughout this letter. It flowed naturally by pen to paper, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Now that leads me to believe that there is something that is more important than these spiritual gifts. There is something that is more excellent as Paul begins to describe, than these spiritual gifts. But oftentimes we put a great emphasis on the spiritual gifts. They are nice in their place. I find that there is great reason for us to teach and preach, expound on these spiritual gifts because a lot of people may not know or understand what their spiritual gift is. Is. I didn't mean to try to call out people uh, about these spiritual gifts uh, last week. I didn't mean to try to embarrass anybody or anything like that. Just from a pastoral position, from where I stand, it's unique. Because you begin to see things about people that uh, I, myself as a pastor, I want to try to encourage and uplift and build up. I've seen way too many people try to tear down. And that's the last thing I want to do. But of all these spiritual gifts, Paul says, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. There is something that is more excellent, more efficient, more successful, more important than these spiritual gifts. In chapter 13 and verse 1, Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Pretty strong words. As we see in this chapter, we see the importance of this charity I'd like for us to look at tonight. Paul has expresses, expressed the fact of 
these gifts, how important they are, these spiritual gifts, but most importantly, how important charity is in these gifts. We notice throughout this study as we look at these first three verses that charity is vital in these gifts. As I said, oftentimes we put a lot of emphasis on the gift itself, but without charity, it's pointless. Without charity, it doesn't profit us a thing. Without charity, it does not profit others a thing. And without charity, it does not profit God a thing. Without charity, what is charity? The Greek word agape is love or affection. As some would call it love feast, if we used our modern language to try to describe this agape love or charity or affection, many call it benevolence. This charity or love, agape love, a godly love, it is an unconditional love, not like another Greek word phileo, a phileo love is a conditional love, but this is an unconditional love that can satisfy in ways in which a carnal, lustful, and fleshly love cannot. This unconditional love, it reaches the depths and lows that any other love cannot. It goes the extra mile and goes ways that another type of love cannot. For this love is godly love, unconditional in itself. And it's important that this charity be applied with these spiritual gifts. Now we notice in this passage as we've been studying spiritual gifts, y'all remember our study in Galatians as we've seen there is spiritual fruit as well. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance. And these things are fruits of the Spirit. Now these fruits no doubt are great characteristics great attributes which are applied to one's life as they walk in the Spirit. Now certainly the Holy Spirit can move an individual, teach an individual, train an individual, guide an individual into a particular gift. But the fruits of the Spirit must be applied with the gifts of the Spirit as well. To see these gifts as Paul had noted them, he said, though I speak with the tongues of men. He begins to list these spiritual gifts. We see in verse 1, tongues. In verse 2, prophecy and knowledge and faith. And in verse 3, servitude. We've discussed those past several weeks, or tried to, tried to highlight them a little bit. And these are just a few which Paul describes right here. Those that... Uh, I guess are more noticeable. These gifts are. He said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. A man could have the very tongue or speaking of men or even of an angelic host without charity nothing a man could speak with eloquence he could speak with such knowledge and wisdom he could speak with such class 
a man could speak to those that were rich or those that were poor. To those that were beggarly or those that were of greater class. To those that were learned and even to those that are unlearned. And he could speak in such a manner to which each and every one and even speak and break down lingual bounds that oftentimes keeps people from speaking to one another. He could know every language there is to know. But to have not charity, Paul says, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I don't know about y'all, but I, I enjoy music. And I like different types of music. I ain't gonna lie to you. I like different types of music. I enjoy listening to some occasionally. And there's just something about music that's special. There's something about good old gospel music that I like. I like coming to church and hear a choir sing and hear a piano play. And there's people that can play music in a specific way that is unique, but that catches your attention. Some of y'all may know there was a band back, well, I wouldn't even call it a band really back in the 70s, I guess. It's called Steely Dan. Some of y'all probably heard some Steely Dan songs. Hey, don't, don't act like you ain't never heard no Steely Dan now. Y'all lived back then and I didn't. Y'all think about Steely Dan. I didn't know much about Steely Dan. And there was a documentary that I'd seen, I believe it was on YouTube or something, and I'm just, I'm bad at just clicking on stuff that I just, you know, I ain't nothing else to watch. This sounds interesting and click on it. And he's uh, talking about this documentary about one CD that they had made. They had put together one CD. And uh, I can't remember the name of the CD. But what was unique about it was they spent two or three years as a group on the road playing concerts. But then they decided that wasn't what they wanted to do. They liked composing music. And to see the great lengths that they went to compose music that you would want to listen to. And to hear these two guys talk. I can't remember... Uh, Donald, I think Donald or Ronald Fagin was, was one of the leader's names. And I told Diane, she came in the living room like, what are you watching? I said, these guys are musical geniuses. To hear their whole thought process and how they put music together was just amazing. And they had this big mixer board and they would bring in people from all across the country that could play a bass guitar or somebody that could play the drums, or somebody that could play the piano. And they would have all these people. It wasn't just one band with four or five members and they played it all. They had multitudes of people help them in each song. And they would compile it in. They would play it on this mixer board. And they could look at each instrument at a time in different sections, different parts of just one song. And they could compile that song the way they wanted it. It was unique. But what's, that's, that's what's unique about music altogether is the talent that is put into it. 
And what I'm saying is this. When these things work together, it can make beautiful music. But Paul said, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. There was a Saturday Night Live skit, Will Farrell. He said, I, we need more cowbell. Y'all probably seen some of that uh, on the internet or something. And he's constantly hitting his cowbell while they're playing a song. Cowbell may be good in the song, but oh, if that's all you hear is cowbell, it gets annoying. We need more cowbell. He'd go to town on that cowbell. Can you imagine a song that was played with just cymbals or brass? That would be the most worthless music you'd ever heard. You imagine, you see drummers all the time and uh, maybe at a concert or something and they're going to town on those cymbals. And they make the awfulest racket. You know, if we cannot speak, even in tongues, without love, that's what we sound like. It's just a bunch of racket. There's no composure to it because a gift of the Spirit is not involved. This, this gift, excuse me, not the gift, but the fruit of the Spirit is not involved. This fruit of love must be involved in these gifts as they are used. One may have the gift to do something, a capability which is gifted them by the Holy Spirit. And they may can do it well. They can probably do it so well that they try to do it without love. You know, to have the physical ability, this speaking in tongues, this, this completely shoots down the whole theory behind of a lot of Pentecostal doctrine. It's just gibberish. What does it benefit and what does it profit? And without love, it is just sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And when someone speaks in tongues, that's what it sounds like to me. Sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. But yet they try to express their spirituality through this gift. But it lacks love, which is vital. You can have these physical abilities such as this, yet without love it is pointless. Paul goes on to say in verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Boy, I, I have seen some preachers, no doubt. As I said, we go back to that independent fundamental background that I had. I've seen a lot of preachers that I thought were very gifted when it comes to preaching. I enjoyed hearing them. I could get something out of it most of the time when they preached. Boy, they had a gift. They had a calling. But oftentimes I have seen a lot of preachers like one thing that was vital this gift. And that's love. If you can't preach with love, 
How can you tell someone the truth and utilize the fullness of your calling without love? Can't do it. How can you preach so dogmatic and be so mean and hateful and arrogant without love? I'll tell you that right now. But many times I've seen it throughout my ministry. No doubt people have probably left after sitting under me and said, I didn't see an ounce of love in that. But every time I stand, I, more importantly than how I preach, it means more to me what I preach. It, how I preach, I can see people drawing a crowd. But what you preach, my friend, that'll do it. Love does it every time, Brother Mickey. I asked a preacher friend of mine one time, I said, boy, if you walk by church and you seen a fella in there preaching, he was jumped up on the pew and he was, I mean, you couldn't hear nothing he was saying. But you, you could tell he was just getting into it. And then you walk to another church and you see a guy there solemnly standing behind the pulpit with a tear in his eye. I said, which church would you want to visit? He said, oh, I'd go to the one where he was jumping up and down on the pews. I said, well, what about the other one? He's preaching the gospel too. We get so caught up in emotionalism. We get so caught up in what we want to see, what we want to feel. My friend, when it gets down to it, what is preached and that what is love. You can preach however you want to, but if love is not applied, my friend, that gift is pointless. We see that there is a possibility for one to have a spiritual ability, a calling, a gift upon their life. As Paul said, to have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains... And have not charity, I am nothing. Nothing. Pointless. I'm nothing. To the cause of Christ, I would be nothing without this love. For this love exemplifies our Savior. Boy, we must show this love. We must preach this love. He said in this prophecy, in this knowledge, in this faith, we must show love. It is a more excellent way. But lastly, we see in verse 3, He said, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And a lot of people fall short of understanding what this verse is saying. He said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. It profiteth me nothing. I have no profit. I have no reward for this gift. Y'all remember that gift of servitude? No doubt there's many people that have such a gift. They have such of an ability to provide whether financially to provide with their strengths their abilities to do things which others cannot do 
and willingly, faithfully be able to serve, to give, and even so much as give their own lives. Paul said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, everything that I have, every dime I have, I could give it to those that need it most. Brother Mickey, I could give my body to be burned even for such as this, the cause of Christ, if I laid my life down, give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. We live in a generation where we think, well, love is, well, it's, it's something that we do. We, we show it. We display love. I, I find this no coincidence that we're approaching this chapter as we're approaching Valentine's Day. But uh, we think that this love is something that we show. And no doubt the women folk, you, you're expecting your husband to show his love for you on Valentine's Day. But love is more than that. It is. He could give you every. It happens all the time. He could give you everything of Himself, every dime He's got, His whole life be devoted to you, and two years later He's done left you for somebody else. That's not love. It's not. It's not displayed in what we can give or show someone. And Paul goes as far as to say, I could give all my goods to feed the poor. That's the right thing to do, ain't it, Tony? I could give everything I got to feed the poor. I could give my body to be burned. I could literally be a martyr for Christ. But if I don't do it with love, Paul says, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. To think that one could have such a sacrificial capacity and ability to give everything, every ounce of their being, and without love, it's pointless. It's pointless. To sacrifice, to have this gift of servitude, we know that it's possible for one to give and not love. I remember that song that uh, the Primitive Quartet sung. My friends have been a, a blessing. They're worth much more than gold. I meet them in my youthful days. I greet them when I'm old. I don't know if y'all know that song. One of them says a part in one of the verses there, to give without loving. It happens every day but to love without giving. That's impossible to say. Certainly we can give everything we have and not love in it. We feel as if it's something that we have to do. We must do. And love be the farthest thing from this gift. The main motive of all of our physical and spiritual 
and sacrificial gifts is what? Love. That's the main motive. Anybody got anything on your heart tonight? I don't know about y'all, but we need more love. This love is special and this love is sweet. It brings us together to do the Lord's work. It makes His work meaningful. It puts value to it. This love brings the church together. This love sees the gospel to a lost world. This love and compassion, this charity has weight to it that our gifts doesn't have.